Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, February 13th, 2006. Hello, this is Michael Ozen, and on behalf of my partner, Mark Horseman, and myself, welcome to Manager Tools. Now, if you're a regular subscriber, welcome back. And if you're new to Manager Tools, thanks for joining us today. Once a week, Mark and I try to bring some practical tools that you can use to manage your team or organization more effectively, and this week is no different. In last week's show, we discussed the listening side of communications. Today, we tackle the responding side. Now, when you're in agreement, responding comes naturally to most folks. Today, however, we'll discuss responding when you're in conflict or disagreement. And that's where it gets a little more interesting. So, with that short intro, on with the show. Last time we talked about listening, we had a couple of rules to increase uh, right. the probability of being being perceived as an effective listener, right? right. Face the speaker, right. look them in the eyes, right. smile, right. nod your head, what you're doing right now. Right. I, lo- I right. love that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and take notes, but you're not taking notes. Right, and, no. so, and take notes. Um, so that, that was the listening side of it. And, and can, I, can I interrupt? I'm sorry. Yeah. There, there was a great post on the on the web, and and I just you know we alluded to it in our cast, but we didn't we didn't come back to it. And I I was really excited. Bilbo, um, I don't know if that's his real name, made a comment about phone listening, about you know you you've um, you know phone listening. People are terrible at it. They're doing email and so on. And and we, you know, you and I both know what it, what a conference call is like. How bad a conference call is when people put it on mute and they're doing everything else in the world. But I'm consistently amazed at the number of people who are doing one, two, three other, th- trying to do three other things when they're on the phone. One thing I've noticed is if you call them on an office phone rather than on their cell phone, it's worse because they're tied to the desk and right, so they're right. sitting there. Whereas if they're on the cell phone, believe it or not, it seems like you would think, well, then they can walk around or whatever. But but like if I'm talking to somebody and they're walking through an airport, I've got their attention. You know, they, yeah. they don't, they're not getting distracted. They're on the phone. I, I don't know why. That, that seems counterintuitive, but that's been my experience. So the point Bill made was, you know, phone listening is even harder because you don't have the visuals. Um, so you have to work even harder at, at, at being a good listener on the phone. And yeah, the, most people that I know are just not good at it. That's a good period. point. And when you get on me about my listening skills, it's almost always, it is always on the phone when we're doing a phone. Right. Last this week we're doing we're doing this face to face. Right. Last week sometimes actually the audio was pretty good last week. So yeah, I'm pretty happy good, about yeah. that. But um, uh, we'll try to get that consistent. But this week we're face to face. Last week we were on the phone and prior to the show when I was exhibiting all these poor listening behaviors, <laughs> they were a result of the fact that I wasn't looking in the eye and it yeah. became real easy for my eye to divert to other it, things. Right. And I had the I had my email up and all those things. Here we're talking. Right. Uh, hey, you know what? I, I got to interrupt again. Speaking of email, I, I, on my uh, Google Reader, uh, my newsfeed, I, I there was a, I can't remember which site tracked it, but there was a, there was a, a a blog post that was just chock a block full of email suggestions. And one of them, I just clicked on one of them. There was a series of links, and one of them was uh, you know try to get to checking your email uh, only once an hour. You know, block off some time. I thought, God, you know. And it reminded me that I, I remember hearing your computer 
ding at you last time we were on the phone, you were looking for, for you know, you checked email uh, right. on the phone, which, which I'm not, that's not feedback for you. I mean, everybody does it. And, and, and the, you know, I'll be talking to somebody and they'll turn away to check email and it could be spam. And they don't even know, but they go to look because they've got a reminder about email. Uh, e- I think email is, is, is fabulous. I love it. Um, and yet, for some reason, people just abuse it. I mean, they, and, and they say, what do I do? You know, how can I change my email system? What, what do I do? Um, what was it that I read recently? Oh, BlackBerry. There, there's, a, of course, the patent issue with the BlackBerry, right. such that some people are worried about whether or not they're going to get to keep their BlackBerry. And people are testing out leaving their BlackBerry at home when they go work out at the gym to see if they can get used to that. Oh, I mean, just turn it off, right? Yeah. One, one, one comment was, I'm sorry, this is a weird tangent, but one comment was, I'd love it if our Blackberries went down because my boss wouldn't be able to send me email at 2 in the morning. And, and my response was, and this may just be me being a bad guy or whatever, my response is, what do I care whether my boss sends me an email at 2 in the morning? My boss can send me 50 emails at 2 in the morning. The only reason that's a problem for me is if I choose to respond to the email at 2 in the morning. Right. Right? Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. How I, sorry I got on that tangent. Uh, okay. So the so last time we talked about listening. So let's, t- let's talk about responding today, but let's don't talk about all the different types of response. I mean, that, okay. that's, you know, there's there's a thousand different ways to respond. Yeah. Let's, I think the thing that most people have difficulty with is responding when they're in disagreement. That's that's right. the most challenge. So can we talk about sure. responding when you're in disagreement yeah. with what the speaker's saying? Yeah, and I think the first thing to understand, if you and I are talking, Mike, and, and there's a perception that we're in disagreement, and everybody's felt that tension in the room. And, and in, in the, the last cast in this one, we're, we're sort of starting with the understanding that you're in a meeting, although these skills will work in many other situations. There's some situations where they won't work, but, but in general, a meeting is a good place to be putting yourself mentally as you're thinking about using these skills. Um, but but um, uh, you, you, if you're saying you're in conflict, okay, that's a choice you're making, Okay. If you and I disagree about something, or if you, you're saying a point that's different than, than mine, I don't have to choose to be in conflict with you. I'm like, well, okay, he feels differently. No big deal. I mean, I feel differently about a lot of people all the time. It's like, you know, I don't just like you. I'm not mad at you. I Okay, we disagree. No big deal. Uh, in fact, Mike Swenson, our friend, says, uh, I think it's a Covey line, agree to disagree agreeably. In other words, wait, we, we don't agree, but we're okay with it. So, so when we talk about conflict, I think one of the most important things we can send is in terms of a mental message here is you don't have to buy into the conflict. Somebody disagrees with you, unless it's the core issue of your key project and they're saying you're wrong and I don't like what you're doing, you can probably figure out a way to sidestep the emotional cesspool of going into saying, I don't like them. You know, that, that sense of conflict, you're going to be much better responding if you focus on, remember what we talked about last time, about the relationship rather than on the content. Right, right. If you're listening to respond rather than listening to understand, and you're trying to figure out a way to disagree with them, then you'll probably facilitate the conflict itself. If you, if you do one of these two suggestions that we've got here, and actually one has two parts, uh, you're going to be much better at avoiding escalating the conflict. You know, usually what happens in conflict in a meeting or something, in a situation where you're communicating with somebody, is somebody makes a point that's perhaps slightly negative or slightly disagreeable or a little bit not in complete agreement with your worldview. 
And then you respond to that one piece that they're talking about. And people say, yeah, but, and then, and then you go, well, yeah, but back. And suddenly there's a little meringue of conflict going on. And that was only one part of what someone said. So you don't actually have to address that necessarily. You could choose to address the positive. And then if you need to take the conversation offline because the, because the disagreement was germane or valuable, fine. But in a meeting, you have all kinds of options to not facilitate the conflict. You can simply right. sidestep it. Yeah, that, that's really hard for a lot of people, and particularly given my technology background. I, I, you know, I got to admit, it, it's it all is about tough being for, right. Right, exactly. It's not about being effective. It's about being right. And you know, we have a good we have a good friend, and and um, that we both know. Now he listens to this podcast. He'll figure out who this is really quickly. <laughs> but I'm not going to mention his name. Right. Um, and it's important that he's right. And sometimes you have to be willing to just let somebody else right. be wrong, right. in your view, and not necessarily have to address it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So, so that was a little bit of a, another tangent. I'm on a tangent streak this morning. Um, let's talk about the two ways you can respond. One I call the high road, and the other one I call the medicine ball. And I, I could swear to you, Mike, that we've already talked through, at least in a brief note, the medicine ball before. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We have. Um, but I want to touch on it again today. I want to give a couple of examples. I think that'll be very, very powerful. Um, so let's start with uh, the first recommended course of action. It's called the high road. Um, and this is, the high road works great when a comment has been slightly negative um, or, or there's a disagreement perhaps or potential for disagreement and everybody feels the, the buzz of perhaps some tension in a room at the beginning of something like that. Um, but it wasn't overt. It wasn't painful. They didn't, they didn't insult your mother. Um, it's not embarrassing yet. Um, maybe, maybe one person in your group has recommended buying product A and the speaker just went down a list of why A may not work. I mean, look, that's what we pay people to do, actually, is, hey, look, A may be a good idea. Let me tell you my concerns about A. By the way, there's an interesting, there's an interesting uh, point for our listeners. There's a big difference between, if, you, if you're recommending product A, Mike, there's a big difference between you saying, I recommend product A, and then my response being, hey, we can buy product A, but here are the things I don't like. And we can, we can buy product A, there are some things I don't like. That word, but, is so powerful. If I could... Um, gosh, I just realized here's another tangent for you. But if we could get rid of that word, but we would reduce conflict and, and going back to our point last show about you're not only listening to understand, but you're listening to strengthen the relationship because you're going to come back and talk to this person later. And, you know, if, if you don't work on building the relationship with your listening, you're not going to have much of a relationship six months down the road when you really need to call on them. But that word but is just a little knife every single time you use it. It's essentially saying, in fact, there's, there's a joke that says but stands for B-U-T. Behold my underlying truth, meaning what I just said, I'm throwing you a bone. That introductory comment before my word but is just really to make you feel better. But in fact, the moment I say but, you know, forget that. Now I'm going to tell you the underlying truth, what's really important. So there's real power in any one of these examples in, in just eliminating the word but. And if people are wondering what to do, there are two choices. One is just to end your sentence. We can buy product A. That's a sentence. Here are my concerns. Right. Okay? Period. Period. Exactly. Right. Just use a period. Or the other one is we can buy product A and I have some concerns. 
That, that, that's essentially saying, in a visual way, that's the difference between us facing off across a table and me walking around to your side of the table, say, hey, look, and turn to you and say, hey, I, you know, we can do that, and here are my concerns. And now we're collaborating on the issues rather than disagreeing on the decision. All right. Okay? All right. So, let's, again, <laughs> damn, tangent boy this morning. Um, look, if, 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 if you want to buy product A, um, and maybe I disagree with you a little bit, I said, hey, here, here are my concerns. But it's not overt. It's not direct. It's not forceful. I'm, I'm not poking you in the eye. I'm not trying to foment rebellion, if you will. Um, uh, then, then you can take the high road. Uh, and there are two high roads that I recommend. Um, one has three parts and one has four parts. The first one is really simple. Uh, it's a three-parter and it, and it includes three things. There are three parts to it. Thank you. Say their name. And then use some redirection. And the redirection actually goes to the medicine ball comment as well. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Um, the professional thing to do when there's potential for conflict in a room is to try to take the sting out of the conflict or essentially to redirect it to a place where there is not conflict. There's going to be purely conflict. And if the group is reasonably smart and there's a huge issue to be decided and there are two factions, A and B, you're going to get to that. Okay. There, there's no way around it. You're going to have to go through all of your issues. Maybe you'll have to get into negotiation. Um, but but um, the high road essentially says, I can say thank you, I can say your name, which are two positive things to you. Dale Carnegie says, a person's name to that person is as sweet as sound in any language. And then uh, essentially redirect it into something else. So let me give some examples. It sounds like this. Thanks, Bill. Those are some good points. You know, well, what other thoughts does anybody have? Or, uh, thanks, Bill. Uh, who can add something else? Anybody else want to add something? Um Thanks, Bill. Uh, anybody else want to chime in? Or, I hadn't thought of it that way, Bill. Good point. Anyone else? Or, um, okay, um, thanks, Bill. Uh, and, and there are several other things we need to talk about. Let's go over to point B. Or, good, those, those are the concerns on, on product A. Let's talk about product B. In other words, maybe somebody introduce a little bit of conflict, and we're going to move on and talk about something else. Believe me, if they really want to talk about it, they're going to drag you back into that, con- into that area. The beauty of it is if they drag you back, if they drag the group back to that, nobody's going to doubt that you tried to ease out of the conflict, okay, which is a con- it comes across as very confident. You're not trying to avoid conflict necessarily. You're just trying to smooth it over a little bit. If they bring you back to the conflict, their, va- their points are going to lose validity because they're going to be seen as um, trying to make a point that's in conflict. So they will, if they say, wait, 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 I, I've got issues here. So, okay, great. Well, okay, let's talk about them. Now they've dug a little bit of a hole. Now they're saying, I really want to be in conflict. Now I'm not suggesting the meeting is all about moderating conflict. It's not, but we're really talking about responding when somebody's in conflict. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's, that's part A of the high road. Then there's a part B, if you will, um, which has four parts, which I find is a little bit harder for most people. Uh, after you practice the three-parter, um, I find that the four-parter is more powerful um, as long as you can do it genuinely. If you're just throwing the words out there, it, it doesn't work. Um, you don't want to do this by rote. But basically, it's the same parts as before with an additional one. So it's you say thank you or you, uh, you, uh, you show some appreciation for the comment. You say the person's name. That person's name is really important. S- give them a compliment. Say something about either what they said or how you feel about them and then and then do the redirection so the, in the four part high road all you're doing is adding a compliment so it might sound like this um thanks bill those are some good points 
Um, what are the thoughts does anybody else have? Or thanks, Bill. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. It's some new insight. I hadn't uh, hadn't occurred to me like that. What? Who could add somebody else? Or does anybody else want to chime in? Uh, thanks, Bill. We we definitely need to consider that. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, uh, who who's got some additional thoughts that we need to consider? Do I need to write them down, for instance? Um, hey, thanks, Bill. I can see what you mean by that. Um, that's good. We need to consider all the points, and those are good points. Um, what are the thoughts? Does you know anybody else? Before we move on, anybody else want to add to it? Now, if those sound similar, they should. This is not terribly complex. It's not like you're at, it's not 100 words here. Right. There's 20 or 30 words there. But, but the difference is you're, you're, in the first case, you're not necessarily vocalizing agreement with what he or she said. In the second, you're actually um, acknowledging some positive contribution to the person. Well, I, I would that. take issue with the word agreement. I, I, okay. And that goes to the issue yeah. of content and relationship, right? I don't have to agree with you, but I sure like you. Right? And here's the problem. We throw people under the bus. That's what happens in meetings. When you're in conflict with me, whether we're buddies or not, we th- I throw you under the bus. You say, well, gosh, I'm a little concerned about this, this feature on product A. And so I go right to the conflict. And I don't say, hey, thanks. I hadn't thought about that. Well, Mike, if, if we're talking about, let's say, uh, a company we're going to buy, and I say, I really think we ought to go for company X. And, and you say, well, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? If I then start refuting you point by point, now we're in conflict. Right, right. I can choose to not be in conflict about the item, about the content. I can choose to to, to address the relationship. In other words, I'm saying, not going to think about the conflict. That's what the high road is. Not going to think about the conflict. Going to invest in the relationship here. It's just a choice about what I'm going to choose to talk about. For some people, I'm, I'm sure there are some people, and, and you, you made a point earlier about IT people, I think technical people, not just IT, but engineers mm-hmm. and so on, uh, tend to be a little bit more concrete, a little bit more black and white, and so tend to see conflict and say, well, that's what we've got to talk about. It's like, it's like code that's wrong. Well, we, you know, the code is wrong. It's going to break the, 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 you know, the, the test environment, so we've got to fix the code. Well, this is not a black and white digital world either the switch is on or off it's an analog world and there are various uh subtleties involved there is both the content we're talking about and the relationship that exists that allows us to talk about that so if i don't want to talk about the content if, if you're if you i mean if you're poking fingers in my eye i can choose to say hey i love you man okay I, i'm not going to talk about the content that we're disagreeing on hey that's a good point look if somebody disagrees with me and they're in the room with me, somebody has decided that the fact that they're in the room with me, unless I'm going to squash them like a bug, the fact that they're in the room with me means there's some value to the relationship we have. They have a seat at the table just like I do, okay? Even if they're one of my subordinates, even if they're somebody on my team. So, so when, when somebody says, boy, Mark, I, I, just, I just can't see it that way. I want, I'm okay with conflict. Conflict doesn't bother me. We disagree. No big deal. Um, doesn't make you bad or me bad. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, wait a minute. It's good. I'm glad we're disagreeing. Um, you know, I, I think I've said it before. The definition of conflict is two human beings in the same county. So we're going to disagree. So if you disagree with me and you work for me, um, I can say, hey, thanks. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Heaven forbid that there's somebody in your team that's relatively quiet and they see every time one of the loud people on the team, if you will, wants to disagree with you and they say, but Mike, what about this? And you, and you say, well, no, what about this? And da, 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 and you shut them down. You're, you're right. You're smarter. You're better. You're the boss. You get to do what you want to do. Believe me, there's 20% of your team that will never speak up and you lose the intellectual value of those people coming to the table. 
So it's it's a matter of of focusing on the relationship to the point yesterday about you're not just listening to understand, you're also listening to develop the relationship. And that means choosing to talk about something other than the item in conflict. Right. I, I'm just afraid that some of our um, listeners may interpret this as, hey, look, if there's points of disagreement, then they disagree and you just move on, that it's not worthwhile talking about those points of disagreement. Because there are some things that are worth talking about. For example, if we're talking about doing an acquisition and you have a different view than I do, I think there are too many liabilities involved in this particular company. Right. That, that, we're going to have to talk about that. Sure. And the fact that if you'd say, hey, good point, okay, now let's talk about X. Right. I'm going, well, hold on a second. Let's, right. let's well, talk the, about the issue about liability. Right, sure. Okay, okay. But, but that's why we have two. Okay, we've got the high road. The high road is about just we're going to move on, okay? I, I, don't, you know, I, I don't need to address your point. My, my, my point is there is such a focus on we will address the point in conflict. And so if you, if you throw out a chip that says I might be in conflict with you, you know what everybody does when they respond? They jump right on the conflict chip. That's what they do. And, and I'm telling you, there is another uh, – the, the high road suggests you don't have to. Talk about something else. Say thank you that they brought it up. Say thank you that, that you appreciate the fact that, they, that, that they're willing to disagree. Hey, I think that's good. We need to disagree about this stuff every once in a while. I'm not saying that works all the time, and that's why we have the second technique, which is a medicine ball, which is when we actually talk about the conflict, okay? that That's the point of the medicine ball. We're going to talk about the conflict, okay? Okay. Yeah. So so tell me about the medicine ball. Oh, okay. I want to I want to get into talking yeah. about the conflict. <laughs> be in conflict, you technologists. Okay. Um, in fact, I was at the gym here in, in uh, D.C. Um, the other night, and they were, there were a couple of people playing with a medicine ball, and it just reminded me of how powerful this technique is. Um, if you've ever caught a medicine ball, you know it's not something you do easily. You don't stick out your hand with a baseball glove and whammo, catch it uh, at arm's length. If you throw me a medicine ball and we're close and you throw it hard, you know, in other words, representing the conflict, if I, if I catch it, I'm probably going to step back. Okay? If it, it's almost as if, if you push me, Mike, and I push back at you. In other words, you, you put your hands on your shoulder, my shoulders and, and push at me. Um, if I just fall over backwards... You might think, gosh, I thought we were in conflict, or I thought he'd be mad, but I'm really not mad. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be in conflict with you. Um, it, on the other hand, if I push back really, really hard, and I don't want to move, and you're pushing on me, well, then, then we're in conflict. The medicine ball technique simply says, when someone is in conflict with you, accept the fact that they're in conflict. Okay, this is a very Zen-like, a very uh, Taekwondo or whatever, yeah. the martial art in terms of using the other person's, in, uh, uh, not allowing the other person's energy to affect you if you don't want to. You just accept it. Okay, we're in conflict. That's all right. You know, if that, if that makes you excited, lucky you. I, I don't get excited about that. I want to think about the ideas. So the medicine ball says um, you're going to catch their issue. You're going to accept it. And then you're going to redirect it. Okay. Now, there's a neat technique that I put together with a medicine ball, and I, I, I call this the medicine ball technique. But some people will hear a fabulous sales technique called feel, felt, found in it, um, which essentially, in, in the short version, forgetting about the physicality of a medicine ball, is it, it goes like this: Hey, Mark, Mike, uh, um, gosh, I can I can understand why you'd feel that way. And in fact, when I've been in situations like this before, I felt that way too. It, it's reasonable. I mean, I, I, I can see where you came to that conclusion, and I've come to that conclusion as well. What I found is da 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 da. And and the point is, 
I'm acknowledging that we're in conflict. I'm acknowledging that it's okay we're in conflict. In fact, I'm telling you, you're smart because I think I'm smart. I can see where, based on the, the data you have, you've drawn a similar conclusion. You've drawn a conclusion that I might draw as well. Not saying I have or I, I would draw it and you're absolutely right and I'm wrong. I'm just saying, hey, I can see why we disagree. This is sort of appeals to most people's understanding that if you think there's going to be no conflict at work today, you're vastly mistaken. You're, you're, you're not seeing it right. Um, so, so, and the point is, I, I accept your energy. I say, okay, look, I'm, I know how you feel. I felt that way too. And, and I want to tell you either, again, I, may be, I, I probably won't disagree with you directly. What I found is, and then I suggest something that's perhaps a little bit different than what you were expecting. It's not a direct refutation of your concerns. Now, salespeople have probably heard that feel, felt, found. Um, I, I think it's just as easy, and there are many, many engineers and technologists and um, folks out there listening, who are listeners, technical managers and so on, they think, oh, gosh, Mark, feel and felt. Uh. So another one, think, thought, found. Hey, Mike. Um, thanks. I can understand um, why you think that. Uh, in fact, when I look at this, I think back to an acquisition we did a couple of years ago, and I thought the same thing. What I found was this. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I've been there. I can understand why you drew that conclusion, and here's how I see it differently. Hmm. That's it. It's not rocket science. The medicine ball analogy is to remind people that when you're in conflict, if they throw you, they're throwing you a medicine ball. If you try to stand stock still and catch the medicine ball and not move to make your point, hey, you can't, you, your conflict, your, your issue with me won't budge me. Now it's going to be perceived that you're in conflict. Right. If when they say, hey, I disagree, you say, oh, okay, no big deal. Let me tell you, the first time you do that to somebody who's a peer of yours in the organization, and they say, boy, I, I just really think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Now there are people who do that, right? That's the way they. That's the way they introduce conflict. They say, I've never heard of such, I've never heard a dumber thing in my entire life. Well, my response is, oh, okay. The other person's like, well, what do you have to say? I say well, okay, you think it's dumb. Thanks for your input. I appreciate that. It's good for me to know that you think my idea is dumb. Anybody else have any other comments? <laughs> I mean, and in fact, there are probably some people listening right now who go, man. He just shut that guy down. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't say anything bad. All I did was point out how rude, how unprofessional, how stupid his comment was, calling me stupid. I'm not going to. Whereas if I say, why do you say that? And I get a little bit of an edge in my voice. Now we've got full blown conflict in the room, and everybody else has just leaned back in their chairs and they're going to watch the tennis match between me and this other person. Absolutely. I'm getting excited just thinking uh, about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who's going to win, right? Who's yeah. going to win? Yeah. And. You know, if you don't have, if you don't know, in fact, there's an old saying about meetings. If it's if it's a little bit of a democratic meeting, and there's some some idea that consensus or voting might actually make the decision, you dang well better know where everybody stands in advance of the meeting. I'm amazed at the number of people who go into meetings and haven't pre-briefed, pre-wired presentations, or whatever, to find out who's going to say what to whom, what what the issues are, and who they have to persuade, and who's already on their side, and so on. But if conflict happens early on, and you slam the other person or say, God, why would you say that? People are going to say that conflict may end up being a proxy for the rest of the decision. It may, the decision may hang on who wins that particular argument and how well they put their thoughts together. Again, proving that preparing for meetings is very valuable. And we've got a show about that. Um, I'm sure some point in our future, but, but if you say, boy, I I just think that's really dumb. "Mm, Okay. Thanks. Anybody else? Anybody else think it's dumb? Anybody else like the idea? 
probably, if you say in a meeting to me, Mike, I, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I say, hey, well, great. I'm glad you shared that. That you know, We might as well get all of our ideas on the table. Anybody else have any thoughts? It's co- sort of a combination of the high road and a little mm-hmm. bit of the medicine ball. If I do that, there are going to be a couple people that are going to come to my aid just because that person oh, went yeah. over the line. Yeah. Now, if you say to me, or let's roles reverse. Let's say I say to you, well, Mike, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Here are my concerns. Now we can all discuss the concerns. That kind of conflict introduction, if you will, is more likely to create conversation and communication. But the whole point of responding with either the high road or the medicine ball is designed to take the conflict and set it aside as much as possible. And if ne- if you if, if you can, in the medicine ball, as opposed to the high road, um, using the medicine ball, if you can, set aside the conflict and focus on the issues, but not make it about the conflict. So an example, another example might be, you say to me, Mark, I, I um, you know, I, I don't think our schedule is going to work. Um, I, I just think we need to, um, we need to change the schedule. Whereas let's say my schedule is really tight. Well, I'm here this particular time. Um, uh, I could say, well, Hey, thanks, Mike. You know, I, I, I can see why you think that I'm, I'm, I'm on a pretty tight schedule and I, you know, roles reverse. There've been times when I've been here and you've been on a tight schedule and I thought the same thing. Um, what I found is let's, if we talk about it, we'll figure out some way to make it work. All right. And now it's not about the fact that we disagree. It's, Hey. I'm okay with you disagreeing with me. I'm not going to get emotionally involved in it. It's cool. It's all good. And let's talk about it. In fact, that phrase, let's talk about it, what I found is talking about it will usually help, brings people brings more people back into, in other words, it stops becoming a tennis match between the person who's in conflict with me and me. Because you've seen that happen, right? There are 10 people in a room. Somebody disagrees with point A that you brought up, and now... There are only two people in the conversation, you and the other person who disagree with you, right? Right, absolutely. Right. And everybody else is on the sidelines going, ooh, theater, <laughs> right? It's a movie. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Sometimes people do it just to create a little uh, oh, it, drama. Oh, you know, yeah. It's, oh, and like you haven't? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Look. Oh, I can't believe you're suggesting if, that. If, if we're in a weekly staff meeting and I've asked somebody to brief... And it's it's somebody who's not fairly new and is reasonably experienced. I might very well say to him, "Gosh, I got to tell you, I just think that's dumb." And I want to see how they handle it. And then I might come to him afterwards and go, "Look, um, you're going to get that kind of comment when you go before the board. You're going to get that comment when you go to brief your peers. I'm I'm just helping you a little bit. And if you had an emotional response to that, maybe it was because it was me. Um, I'm sorry." The, the the point of it was how do you handle yourself and you crumbled so let's talk about that can i give you some feedback when you crumble when i say stupid or dumb that's not effective what can you do differently next time yeah 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 great well we have a lot we have a lot of more things around microcommunications i think to to cover in the future this is this is some good stuff yeah i i um as we've been talking about this, driving yesterday, coming back from the client, I I had the real sense that we've probably got we could throw one a month in for a couple of years. Every you know one one out of four, every five that's just around communications and these micro things, how how to respond to conflict, um, how to introduce people. I'm amazed. I, it happened to me the other day. Um, somebody came up and said hi, and they stuck out their hand. And I said hi, I'm Mark Horseman, and they never said their name. And there was a person standing next to me who knew them, knew me, and didn't do anything to facilitate the introductions. It's little things like that that make a difference. So I'm not saying that's a whole podcast, but... Right. So what, what, what book do people go out and get this, this stuff? 
I'm sorry. What book? Well, I mean, what what other resources do people go to to to, to get this stuff? I mean, there's got to be a book. Or I'm just I'm just joking. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, you're you're adding to the pile of people who would like me to uh, to write my book, and uh, and I'm actually I'm writing it. Um, in fact, some of the show notes are very helpful to me in terms of organizing my thoughts. My commitment is this year I'll have the book done. Can't guarantee it'll be published this year. Obviously, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. But but uh, I'll have the book done. And as you might well be well aware, Mike, you'll be the first person to read it. So I'm okay. sure you'll be in there. All righty. So uh, go get to work on your book. Yeah. So yes, sir. We'll talk next yes, week. Yes, sir. <laughs> so long. Thanks, buddy. So long. We're, we're in the same room. How can I say so long? That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end the show. I always, yeah. All right. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll continue our conversation later. <laughs> so long, folks. That's what I really meant. Well, with that somewhat awkward ending, that's it for this week. By the way, if you haven't registered on the website, you're missing out on our monthly members-only podcast. We just published February's show, so be sure to go to the website, www.manager-tools.com, and register if you haven't already. It's a great show, and you won't want to miss it. So, thanks for joining us for this week's show. Until next week, so long. So long.